Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. And I'd like to welcome all those watching online and those uh, watching on demand. Today's been a great day because we've had the singers from Lee University here. And we're just so excited and so proud to have uh, them in our services today. And once again, thanks for coming. Of course, I was proud to have Levi, a Stevens Creeker, uh, playing the drums. But what you may not know is Elizabeth Rucker. Is Elizabeth out here? She was running the camera here, and, and Elizabeth's a, a Lee student that's home for his fall break, and so we're glad to have uh, Elizabeth home again. Now, just for just a quick, do we have anybody in this uh, auditorium um, that has attended Lee University before? Let me see your hands. Okay, all across this place, I've got Lee folks here. Uh, needless to say, it's a place that changed my life, and um, we're just the great supporters of the university. This coming January, we're going to um, take a step uh, to strengthen the partnership between Lee University and Stevens Creek. You'll be able, uh, ministry students from Lee will be able to come for the Stevens Creek experience and uh, in January for the whole semester. So their whole semester will be right here on campus at Lee, and they'll earn 15 hours of credit uh, for being here at the Creek. So we're excited about uh, shaping the next generation of leaders here at Stevens Creek. Well, we're glad to have you here. You know, I like to start with something funny. And uh, did you hear about the, the ship that was out in the sea, and it was during a big storm? And the storm waters were raging so much that the captain looked around and knew that the ship was about to sink. And so he got on the, um, the megaphone and said, hey, does anybody here know how to pray? And he looked around and heard a voice in the back and said, yeah, I know how to pray. I'm a pastor. I can pray. He said, good. I need you to start praying. Now, the rest of you, I need you to grab your, uh, your life vest because we're one short I think all of us at times feel like that we, we're one short, but we're glad that you're here. Today, we're continuing our series called It's Time to Dream, and this series has been based on a few words out of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. In this series, we're, we're studying how God can open and close doors to accomplish his purposes in our lives. I believe that God has opportunities for you. And just maybe this series may be that prompting for you to step through that open door. Because all of us have dreams. We all have dreams that we've been believing for. Some of you have dreams of uh, a new relationship. Some of you have have dreams of maybe going to graduate school or, or possibly getting her a promotion at work. Maybe some of you have dreams of being healed from a sickness or breaking free from an addiction. And you know, at times we look at those dreams and they just seem so big. And they are to us. But those dreams are not big to God. 
Because you see, God has the power to speak and things change. And God has a plan for your life. A plan that is immeasurably more than you could ask or even imagine. And so the whole big idea for this series is simply this. God's dream for your life is far bigger than your dream. That's the big idea we've been looking at. God's dream for your life is far bigger than your dream. God has a plan for your life. And we have learned in this series that when God wants to do something in your life, he begins with a dream. Now, we just said that it is far bigger, but we also know this, that God's dream for your life is far better. It's not only far bigger, it's far better than your dream. And so today, uh, as we talk about uh, doors, I want to talk about when God closes a door. You know, we all know that God opens doors, and we've seen him open doors by giving us favor, by giving us promotion, by giving us provision, a whole host of good things. And we say, yes, that's God opening a door. But the same God that opens doors also closes doors. I mean, you prayed and you didn't get the promotion. You prayed and the loan did not go through. You prayed and the relationship did not work out. And oftentimes we get so discouraged when we see that our dream doesn't come to pass. And we blame God and we feel like that God has let us down. But could it be that God has a better plan for you? We know that God sees the bigger picture. We know that God sees ahead of us. And here's what I want you to understand. That God will often close doors in order to protect you and also to redirect you toward a better life. God often closes doors in your life to protect you and to redirect you for a better life. At that time, you may not understand it, but this is where faith comes in, where we learn how to trust him even in the moments that we don't understand. And we question, we say, why? It may be that God is working behind the scenes. It may be that, that uh, he closes the door because you're believing too small. That God has so much, something so much bigger. And if you get this opportunity that you so desire, it's going to limit you. Or it could be that it's just not the right timing. That if this happens right now, you may be able to handle it, but the people around you may not be able to handle it. And it may not work out the best. You see, when a door closes, you don't know what God is saving you from. Several years ago, Patty and I had an opportunity to attend a homecoming at Lee University. And she and her cousin attended an event that afternoon. And I stayed back and I watched the college football game. I think South Carolina was playing Arkansas that day. And as they went to an event, um, I'm laughing because Patty doesn't know I'm telling this story. As they went to a, an event with her and her cousin, she saw one of my old girlfriends at the event. Now, let me say, I was dating this girl when I first uh, locked eyes with Patty, and when I saw Patty, my heart started to skip a beat. But I didn't immediately leave this person and start dating Patty. There was another girl in between. 
And so that girl was her cousin. And so <laughs> Patty and her cousin, my wife and my former girlfriend, go to this event and see my old flame. And they were so excited because they realized my old flame was not flickering as much as she did in the early days. <laughs> and she could not wait <laughs> to come and explain to me how much uh, better I have done in life because of the decision. <laughs> and that how much better my life is because of her. And I agree. I agree with you. Um, and it's almost like I can hear the Garth Brooks song. You know, uh, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Some of you older <laughs> folks know those. You know. But here's the point. Sometimes you have to let the wrong people leave so that the right people can walk in. Okay? Just let that sink in. Sometimes you've got to be willing to allow the, the wrong people to leave so that the right people can walk in. And this is not only in a relationship, but this could be in your job this week. You're trying to build a team at work, but yet there's that one person on that team that is just not going with the vision that you're promoting. You've got to let the wrong people leave so that the right people can walk in. And so that is such an important, be, uh, important thing for us to understand. And could it be that the reason God has closed the door is because he's got somebody better for you. Somebody better for your team, somebody better um, uh, for you in general. And just understand this, God's in control. If he wanted you to have that, prom that promotion, you would have had that promotion. Those closed doors that you are dealing with right now have not been closed on accident. You may not understand it, you may think that the opportunity you just missed out on is an opportunity of a lifetime. But one day, I believe you'll look back on this moment and you'll thank God that he closed the door. Because if God had not closed the door, you may not be where you are right now or you may be stuck in a place uh, where it's hard to ever get out of it. So sometimes we look at a closed door as a failure, but it's really God's protection. Here's the point. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. Your setback is really a setup for something better. God knows what he's doing. Your setback is really a setup for something better. In Acts chapter 16, Acts is a book in the New Testament, Acts chapter 16, we see how God opens and closes doors to fulfill his purpose. And this is the story of Paul and Silas. They had this dream of going on tour. They wanted to go on tour and to preach the gospel and to strengthen churches along the way. Now, here's some backstory. Paul is traveling with, with Silas because his former teammate, Barnabas, he and Barnabas had this massive disagreement, and they split up. They had a disagreement because... Barnabas had a cousin named John Mark, and he wanted John Mark to come on this tour with them. But Paul said, no, I don't want John Mark on the tour. And it was such a, a contentious disagreement that those guys 
parted relation, parted friendship. To the point that we see this very successful team of Paul and Barnabas never to work together again. Now, on the positive side, God used the situation to double the ministry. This breakup allowed Barnabas to take John Marcus along and to mentor him and to grow him up and also to introduce him to the apostles and introduce him to the eyewitnesses of Jesus. Now, John Mark later wrote the first gospel, the gospel according to Mark. Now, his details were so historically precise that Matthew, Luke, and John used Mark as a reference when writing their gospels. Some of you, if you've ever been fired, or if you've ever come through a breakup, or if you've ever had a very difficult work-related disappointment, this story says to you that there's hope for you. God can work through difficult kinds of circumstances. God can work through workplace drama. Where you have been wounded and you've been hurt and you're carrying this chip on your shoulder. God can work where it got so contentious that you had to walk out on your job or you had to fire somebody or maybe you were the one that was fired. All of that workplace drama, it happens. But what we see in this story is that God can work through those situations. So in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, they've gone on their, their tour and they're at a place where they're trying to figure out their next step. Now, some of you are there today. You're here and you're looking at your road ahead. You're looking at your career. You're looking at your future. You're trying to figure out what's ahead for you. And they're trying to do the same thing. It's interesting to me. They had this dream but they did not have every detail figured out. So many times we do not move forward because we don't have it all figured out. You may not have it all figured out. That's where faith comes in. There are times where you just have to step out into the unknown. And that's what they were doing. We're picking it up. Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phagera and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Verse 7, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging, come, come over to, to Macedonia, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, here we see Paul had this desire to go west. He wanted to go west and preach the gospel in Asia. But for some reason, he felt like God was saying, don't go west. So this was a closed door. 
So they instead traveled north to Bithynia. At this time, they received another prompting. And it was a closed door. And so they find themselves going down to uh, Troas. From Troas, Paul received a vision from Macedonia saying, come and help us. And he started preaching there. So it's easy to read these verses and just kind of read through them and miss the lesson in them. If you look real closely, you'll see how God speaks to us in the very ordinary experiences of our lives. These guys, Paul and Silas and Timothy, they were on a mission to God to preach the gospel. They traveled from place to place. This is what they did. To them, this was plain old ordinary life. Now, what I'm about to tell you is profound. It is so profound that it will go right over your head and you won't receive it unless I highlight it. You say, well, what is that? Listen in. 99% of life is ordinary. 99% of life is ordinary. It's the same old stuff. Day after day, you get up in the morning, you get ready, you get the kids off to school. If you have kids, you go to work. You come home from work, you're dead tired. You try to fix a meal quick. You try to uh, get the family ready, and, and you, um, <clears throat> you do all of that. You finally fall in bed, and you're dead tired. You sleep through the night. You get up the next morning, and you do the same thing over and over. It, that is your ordinary life. You do it again and again. Preaching for Paul was ordinary life. So how do you find God's dream how do you discover God's will for the future when your life is so ordinary? The way you discover God's dream for the future is to do what you know to be the will of God right now in the present. We've convinced ourselves that the will of God is so mysterious. That we, one day that maybe the clouds will part and we will discover the will of God for our lives when that rainbow comes. So we start praying and we pray for some feeling and we pray for some insight and we sp pray for some spiritual revelation and God is saying, look, I've already shown you my will. Just get up and do it. You say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Unpack that. What is the will of God for a student? The will of God for a student is to love God, love people, and do your homework. This message is sponsored by the parents of students at Lee University. <laughs> What's the will of God for a doctor? To love God, to love people, and take care of your patients. What's the, love, uh, the will of God for a banker? It's to love God, love people, and take care of the money. What's the will of God for a pharmacist? To, to love God, to love people, and, and fill the prescriptions. What about for a teacher? Do your lesson plans and, and come to class ready to teach. What about for a salesman? Know your product, make the contacts, get on Zoom, or do something really revolutionary like go meet your client in person. Face-to-face, -face, not screen-to-screen. -screen. What's the will of God for a young mother? To change the diaper, please. 
Now, granted, I believe that God's will for us is more than all of these things, but it is not less than these things. God's will for you is more than you showing up and doing a job, but it is not less than you doing that. So many of us believe that we'll only hear the voice of God when we're on a mountaintop. But I believe God speaks to us in the nitty-gritty of everyday life. And we must be faithful to do what is right. I mean, why should God show you his dream for your life, his future for your life, if you're unwilling to follow the will of God right here in the present? Paul and his team, they wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit closed the door. And you say, well, why did the Holy Spirit do that? Well, I don't know. I do believe that God uses closed doors to protect us and to redirect us. It could be that there's some change in circumstances. Perhaps there was a road that was washed out. Perhaps there was some Jewish opposition along the way that, they could, uh, that would hurt them. Maybe the Holy Spirit uh, was communicating that. No, you don't need to go there right now. You say, well, how did he communicate that? I don't know that either. It could be through an inner impression or a prompting. That's how God really speaks to me. Just, I just feel this. I feel this prompting on the inside. It could be a, an audible voice. God has the power to do that. It could be an audible voice. Maybe a prophet came by and delivered a message. We don't know how it happened, but somehow they knew that they were not supposed to go west. So instead, they go to Bithynia. They go north to preach the gospel. The same purpose, but they were redirected by a sudden change of circumstances. Same mission, but they were redirected by a sudden change of circumstances. So they try to go to Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them. Another mystery. The Bible doesn't say, explain what happened, but they knew that the Spirit was saying no. I just feel like they had this, this prompting, this, this pause in their spirit. And here's what I also think. That God revealed his will to them through a sudden change of circumstances. Have you ever had that happen to you? that you had your life all planned out. And then something changed. A phone call came. A sudden change of, uh, uh, of circumstances. Something happened at work. Maybe the company was sold. Something like that happened. You, you didn't foresee this, but there was a sudden change here. Could it be what you are calling a circumstance is actually the divine, sovereign hand of God redirecting your life. Because he comes to redirect and to protect us. We're talking about closed doors. When the door to the province of Asia was closed, they had to go north. They tried to go to Bithynia. The door was closed. They ended up in Troas. All these changing circumstances in Proverbs 16 and 9, it says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines 
his steps. The Lord determines your steps. It's never by chance. God opens and God closes doors. God opens and closes doors in your life. It's not by chance. You didn't just get lucky. And sometimes he shows you his will by just a sudden change of circumstances. And, you know, so many times, here, this is my life. When uh, a door opens, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. Yes, it's opened. But then a door closes. I am depressed. I'm discouraged. And God wants me to grow to a place where when I see an open door, I give him praise. And when I see a closed door, I also give him praise because I have the confidence that he is opening and closing doors to fulfill his purpose in my life. Amen. You can praise him today. God knows what he's doing. So don't be discouraged by that. If God wants to open the door for you, all the forces of darkness cannot stop him from opening that door. Just hear that and receive that. We've got to understand his dream is for your life is so much bigger than your dream. And we've got to trust him. And there are times that you're just not going to understand. You think this person's the perfect person. But this person walks out of the relationship, broke off the relationship. This is the house that you wanted. This is the house you, it even had the right wallpaper, the brand new wallpaper that if you built a house, you would put that wallpaper in your house. And then you didn't get the bid. Or the loan didn't go through. It doesn't make sense to you in this moment. But one day, I believe, when you look back and you start to watch the hand of God on your life, you'll start to see and you'll start to thank God that he opened and closed doors for you. But the point is, at this moment, you've got to stay in faith. You've got to come to the place, like I pray on a regular basis, and God, open the doors that I'm to walk through, and God, please close the doors you want me to stay away from. God, open those doors and close those doors. God, let the right people come across my path, and God, weed out those people that don't need to be in my path. Weed out those people. I believe you become the, the, the average of the five closest people to you. I'm talking about your friends, not necessarily your family. But you become the average of the five closest friends that you have. And so you really have to guard and protect your friendship circle. Because you're going to move in that direction. And some of you need to allow that friendship circle, you need to allow some weeding out to take place. So that you can have a positive influence, people that will encourage you to grow in faith. Now, let's look at verse 10 again. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready once at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Notice the word concluding. That's the important word for me. This verse tells us that Paul and Silas and Timothy, I believe, talked it over. I think they debated it. I think they've talked about where they had come from. I think they probably talked about the breakup with Barnabas. I think they talked about their desire to go west and a closed door, go north, a closed door. I think they talked about all of that. They looked at their own abilities. They looked at this call, this vision for Mass. They put it all together, and they 
figured out the will of God. They concluded using good common sense that God was directing them in this manner. There's too many times in life that we throw common sense out the window. And we need to understand God has given us the ability to think and to reason and God speaks to us and God's going to lead us and guide us. And and so don't think that God's going to lead you without good common sense. Sometimes I think common sense has left the building. And we need to come back to just use, you know, like your mama said, why don't you use the brain God has given you? And I think that that's where they came. They, they put it all together. They concluded using good common sense in the process that God wanted them to go to Macedonia. I believe that God's will for your life is not mysterious. God's dream for your life is not mysterious. He will speak to you in a way that you can understand it. And once you've determined what his will in your life, do it. You need to roll up your sleeves. You need to get to work. You need to take that step. You need to do it. Today, as we close, I want to ask you three simple questions. And these questions are really to help you determine God's will for your life and maybe help you understand God's dream just a little bit better and see how personalized it is. First of all, here's the first question. You ask yourself, am I open to whatever the Lord wants? Am I open? Am I open? Now, this is a serious question, you, and you have to really look and not just answer, oh, yeah, of course I am. No. In your heart of hearts, am, am I open to what the Lord wants? The second question is this. Am I willing to take the next step, whatever it is? Am I willing to take that next step, whatever it is? Now, the third one is this. Am I willing to do God's will without regard to the circumstances, the consequences? Am I willing to do God's will without regard to the consequences? If you can answer those questions in a sincere posture of prayer, I believe you're well on your way to taking your next step toward God's will for your life. These are real questions because we live in a world that's changing. We live in a world that's that's changing rapidly. To watch and see what's taking place in America since January to now, it's mind-boggling. And to know that that we as believers in Christ are called to stand on God's word, to walk in faith, and to carry a life of integrity and morality. That's what we're called to do. And those will be tested and are being tested. 
And so when God has spoken to you, you've got to be willing to have the courage, even though there may be consequences along the way. And this is where the test of faith comes. In a few minutes, I'm going to have a call to faith. I'm going to ask people to come and follow Jesus today. But let me tell you, following Jesus in this culture may be the hardest thing that you will ever do. This is not going to be a call for you to have an easy life. But the world is changing in such a way that you'll see the divide between churched and unchurched grow even more. Moral and immoral to grow even more. Righteousness and unrighteous, all that. You'll see the divide. And there is a temptation for us to be discouraged. Can you believe what we're losing? Can you believe what's happening? Let me say this. The Bible says that there will be a great falling away at the end time, but it also says that there will be a great revival. We are believing for the great revival. Several uh, years ago, we started uh, giving a vision of the second harvest. And we believe God is going to do something so significant in this place. And that you are going to have an opportunity to roll up your sleeves and be a part of something that is amazing. In the natural, it is crazy for us to be talking about opening a Grovetown campus when we just finished opening a South campus. And yes, it's crazy. It is crazy. But I believe, like Paul and Silas, that we see this as an opportunity. We have concluded it is good to the Holy Ghost and to us. We didn't have a lightning bolt from the sky, but we saw a need, and we see a need, and we believe what we can fill it. And that's where we all come together, that we're going to be a part of what God is doing in this community. And it's going to be something where we will say, only God. Now, I'm talking about God's dream for the church, but I want to bring it back to you, God's dream for your life. God has a dream for you. And today, I want to pray over you that God will open those doors in your life so that you can hear and receive his direction so that you can embrace what he's called you to do. I want you to stand together. And as we stand together, let's stand in a moment of reverence. It's real easy to start grabbing your things and trying to hit the door to get out. But just stand, just, just a minute. Just stand here in God's presence, just a minute. And I want to just pray over you. And there are some of you that are here, maybe watching online, that uh, you've never accepted Christ. Today's your day to say, Jesus, save me. And I want to pray that for you. But there's others of you that walked in that, that you've come in here in a with a great burden or you come in here looking for direction I believe God has got answers for you too let's pray Father we're so thankful for this day for this moment
And I pray specifically for those individuals that are watching online, those that are watching, uh, that are in this service right now, that you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and yet you feel this tugging on the inside. That's God calling you to take a step toward him. So I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to say, Jesus, help me. Say that. Say, Jesus, help me. Say, Jesus, save me. Forgive me for my sin, of my sins. I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you would have me to be. I give you my life. Fill me with your spirit. Father, as they pray those prayers, I ask God that, that your presence would do only what you can do, that you would bring salvation and you would bring strength. I pray also for the people in this room. I pray, God, that you would give them wisdom and insight. We've talked about closed doors. God, give us uh, that patience knowing that, that this is for such a time as this, that you're going to open that door in due season. So give us patience. But I pray, Father, for those individuals that are longing for change, longing for a door open, and now is the time, I ask God that you would make it clear and that you would start to move in their lives even now and that even this week something would change. Even this week a burden would be lifted. Even this week a healing would take place. Even this week a deliverance would come. Even this week a financial crisis would be averted. Even this week some would be set free. So come, Lord, move upon us this day. And, Lord, we pray this in unison. God, we receive what you have for us. I want you to say that. Say, God, I receive what you have for me. Say it one more time. I receive what you have for me in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Let's give him praise today. Amen. Thanks for coming. We're going to continue the series next week. Pastor Mo will be preaching. Many of you saw Pastor Mo's uh, and I, announcement about he's just uh, been called to the Mountain West Church of God in Atlanta. So he'll be with us a couple more weeks, but next week he'll be preaching. So uh, you've got a couple of weeks just to hug his neck and tell him what a special uh, person he's been to all of us and, uh, and bid him Godspeed as he transitions to the lead pastor role at, the, at Mountain West. Thanks once again. Thank you, Lee Singers. Y'all are the best. Thank you so much. Be blessed and see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.